الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد 
فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار أما بعد Brothers and sisters in Islam one of the greatest gifts given to man by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the ability to articulate his thoughts into actions through the power of words. Words are one of the most powerful ways to connect, for human beings to connect with one another in terms of our feelings, our emotions, our hurts, our pains, our happiness, as well as our pleasures, as well as our real intentions. As if you let a person talk long enough, they'll tell you what their real intentions are. And brothers and sisters, do yourselves a favor. When someone shows you who they really are, believe them. And one of the most melodic, poetic, and beautiful surahs in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala highlights some of the most tremendous blessings that He has conferred to man. And from amongst them was the power of words or the power of articulation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ بِاسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ says Ar-Rahman, the most merciful. Allam al-Qur'an, who taught the Qur'an. Khalaq al-Insan, and created man. Wa'allamahu al-Bayan, and taught him the power of articulation. If you notice in this ayat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions teaching the Qur'an before creating man. He said, عَلَّمَ الْقُرْآنِ Taught the Qur'an, وَخَلَقَ insan And created the human being. Why? Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaynin rahimahullah ta'ala, he said, وَبَدَأَ اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَ بِهِ تَعْلِيمِ الْقُرْآنِ قَبْلَ خَلْقَ الْإِنسَانِ إشارة إلى أن نعمة الله عليه بتعليم القرآن الشد وأبلغ من نعمته لخلق الإنسان. شيخ محمد بن صالح المثيمين. He said that Allah سبحانه وتعالى in this surah he began with teaching the Quran before creating man, and this points to the fact that teaching the Quran is greater than the creation of man. He said, من المعلوم أن خلق الإنسان سابق من تعليم القرآن. He said it is known that the creation of man came before the teaching of the Quran or the revelation of the Quran. The creation of man came first, and then the teaching of the Quran came later. He said, لكن لما كان تعليم القرآن أعظم منة من الله على العبد قدمه على خلقه. He said, but consider the fact that it is through the Qur'an that man even has guidance 
And so therefore the creation, the, therefore teaching the Qur'an is the greater blessing for man than his very own creation. La Allahu Akbar. Teaching man the Qur'an is a greater blessing on man than his very own creation. But the point that I'm making from these ayats from Surah Al-Rahman is the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَعَلَّمَهُ الْبَيَانِ And taught man articulation. Taught man the power of words, the ability to articulate, to convey his feelings, his emotions, to articulate what he is feeling to the world. And the blessing of being able to articulate our needs, our pains, our pleasures is second to the for greatest form of articulation which is being able to communicate our needs and our pain to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even sometimes we don't know how to articulate what we want from Allah, what we need from Allah. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows the language that we speak and He knows the language that, that we don't speak. Because in conversation, usually what is not being said is more important than what is actually being said. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the surah of Maryam, when Maryam came with baby Jesus to her community. And they said to Maryam, Ya ukhta haruna ma kana abukim ra'asaw'in wa ma kanat ummuki baghiyam. فأشارت إليه قالوا كيف نكلم من كان في المهدي صبيا And when she came to them with this child they said to her oh daughter of Harun your father wasn't known to be loose with women nor was your mother licentious how could you do this she couldn't even articulate herself all she did was point for She pointed to Jesus in his cradle. And they said, How can we speak to a child who was in the cradle? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused baby Jesus to articulate in the cradle what his mother could not articulate. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what we need. Allah knows what we're in pain that we can't communicate to him what we need. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks all languages, even the languages that are not even spoken. Allahu Akbar. But when we learn how to articulate, articulate our needs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even greater than that, we learn how to align ourselves with the rest of creation and praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the articulation that he gave us as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, تُسَبِّحُ لَهُ سَمَاوَاتُ السَّبْعُ وَالْأَرْضُ وَمَنْ فِيهِمُ وَإِنْ شَيْءٍ إِلَّا يُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِهِ وَلَكِنْ لَا تَفْقَهُونَ تَسْبِيحَهُمْ إِنَّهُ كَانَ حَمِيمًا غَفُورًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that everything, the seven heavens, and the seven earths and everyone in them sings the praises of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's nothing in the heavens and the earth except that they sing the praises of Allah. But you don't understand how they praise Him. You don't understand how they praise Him. 
And indeed Allah is Halimen Ghafura, Allah is forbearing and forgiving. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to show us the power of words. He spoke this universe that we live in into existence with one word. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke the world that we live in, the world that we eat from, the world that we draw energy from, the world that we draw all of our sustenance from. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke this world into existence, showing us the power of words to translate knowledge into action. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that indeed, if Allah decides on a matter, He simply says to it, be, and it is. That if He wills something, it is simple for Him to say to it, kun fayakun. Be and it is. And the truth is from your Lord, so do not be from amongst those who doubt. And although Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took six days to construct the heavens and the earth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not need six days. Imam Al-Qurtubi mentions in his tafsir that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dhikra hadhi al-mudda, ayyam, that Allah mentioned in the Quran that He created the heavens and the earth in six days. He said, He said that if Allah wanted to create the heavens and the earth and everything in it, and that which is greater than it, He could have done so in one moment with one word. He said, He is more powerful enough to say to the world and everything in it, and that which is greater than it be, and it would be. He said, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala arad an yu'allam al-ibad al-rifq wa tathabbut fi al-umur. He said, but by creating the heavens and the earth in six days, he wanted to teach his creation that as mighty and as powerful as he is, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that he took six days to create the heavens and the earth that we live in, that we draw sustenance from. Although he did not need six days, he's teaching his creation that major affairs take time. Important matters take time. Relationships take time. Marriages take time. Raising healthy, righteous children takes time. All of these things to get to where you want to be in life takes time. Major affairs, umur al-idham, tahtaju ila tadarruj. Major affairs in life, they require time. And whoever is hasty to make something happen before its time, he will be punished by it not happening at all. And many of us are products of that. We are living proof that the more you try to hasten something before its time, you are punished by it not happening at all. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created one of the greatest prophets to ever tread the terrain of da'wah. To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with just one word. Just like he did with the first man that was created with one word. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Inna mathala Isa indallah kamathali Adam. He said, and indeed, the example of Jesus before Allah is like the same example of Adam. That he created him from dirt, and then he simply said to him, Be, and he was. Be, and he was. And as Imam Ahmed, he said, He said, Jesus was created with the word be, and Jesus is not the word be. Because if we said Jesus was the word be, then we would say that the speech of Allah is created because Jesus is a created human being. And if you say the speech of God is created, it eventually leads you to say that God himself is created. And we seek refuge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from that belief, that ideology, or even uttering anything as absurd as that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created um, Jesus with the word, but he is not the word. And all of these examples and more lend to the fact that words are very powerful. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke this world into existence with a word, brought Jesus and Adam into the world with a word, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was able to do this with one word, then what about the words that Allah has given us as man? Given us as mankind, given us the ability to articulate. And he taught man the ability to articulate. The main concept upon which the entire religion of Islam stands or rests is one word. La ilaha illallah. One kalima, one word. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, he calls it a weighty word, a heavy word. Many of us are looking sometimes in conversations for that right word, that aha moment where we can just say something. And there's nothing heavier in terms of speech than the statement, La ilaha illallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that indeed we are going to give you a weighty word, O Muhammad. We're going to give you a weighty word, and the weighty word that he is referring to is La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah is also the word that is kalimatul baqiyah, that is an everlasting word that will remain all the way, even when the rest of Islam has been abandoned by the vast majority of the Muslims. Even when the Quran has been removed from the earth, the statement La ilaha illallah will never be removed. And as this is the same thing that happens with many words that we utter to one another. Sometimes we utter words to people and those words have long-lasting eternal impact or effects on the people that we utter them to. And the weight of the word, La ilaha illallah, will endure all the way until Yom Al-Qiyamah. The Prophet said, rajulan min ummati Yom Al-Qiyamah. The Prophet said that Allah will separate, will separate one individual from my ummah on the day of judgment. Isolate him from everyone else, bring him up front, 
and then bring out 99 scrolls. On each of those scrolls is written his deeds, his words, his actions, everything that he did in this life. And every scroll will be as far as the eye can see. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell the individual, Read your record. Did my recording angels wrong you in anything? Did they write down anything that you didn't do? Did they write down something that you didn't say? Or did they forget to write down something that you did do? Or you did say? And you don't find it in your record? And the servant will turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and say, La ya Rabbi, no, oh my Lord. Everything that is in there is exactly what I've done. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask him, Do you have any excuses for us today? Do you have any excuses today? And the servant will say, La ya Rabbi, I have no excuses today, oh my Lord. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say to him, Bal, bala. No, you have one good deed. You have one good deed that you did. You will not be oppressed today. Every good that you did, you will see it. Every good that you've done, even if it's the size of a mustard seed, as minuscule as a mustard seed, you will see it. Even the intention to do good that you never got a chance to do, you will still see it. So a card will be brought out, and on his card will be his shahada, La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, فَيُجْعَلُوا الْبِطَاقَ فِي كِفَّةِ وَالْأَعْمَالُهُ فِي كِفَّةِ And his card with his shahada on it will be put in one scale, his deeds in another scale, and the card with his shahada on it will outweigh all of the deeds that he did in this life. As the Prophet ﷺ said, فَلَا يَذْقُلْ فَلَا يَذْقَلْ مَعَ إِسْمِ اللَّهِ شَيْءٍ Nothing is heavier than the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing. Nothing is more weightier than the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Brothers and sisters, understand that words have the power to uplift people. Words have the power to uplift people who are sunken, lost, or shattered by the reckless words of somebody else. People can be irresponsible and insensitive with their words without realizing how fragile we are as human beings. And it can create major damage to our hearts, to our psyches, to our lives. And in turn, we turn around and transfer that pain onto other people because hurt people hurt people. When someone hurts us, then we turn around and we transfer that pain onto other people. And notice that the majority of the pain that we inflict on other people, the majority of the pain that we transfer from our hearts, from our bodies, onto other people, the vehicle that is used to do that is words. The vehicle that we use to do that are words. The Prophet ﷺ warned us about the danger of our words. The Prophet said, He said that indeed a servant, listen to this closely. He said, indeed a servant may utter a word, just one word, may utter a word from the things that are or statements or phrases that are pleasing to Allah. And Allah will lift him because of those words in Jannah. Allah will lift him in degrees in Jannah just because of that one word. And we can see here that the words that we utter 
the standard or the gauge by which we should determine whether these words are appropriate or not is the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not the pleasure of the person, not the anger of the person. We should ask ourselves, would Allah be pleased with me if I said this to this person? Because perhaps you may utter a word and it is pleasing to the person, but it angers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the people are not the judge, Allah is the gauge. People are not the gauge, Allah is the gauge. The Prophet said, That indeed Allah becomes angry when a sinful, rebellious, disobedient servant is praised. When you praise somebody that doesn't deserve to be praised, when we say, oh, mashallah, the brother's a good brother, he's like a brother to me. And the brother's a cold-hearted, fasting, rebellious, disobedient servant to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but we praise the individual. Sister comes for advice and she says, you know, should I marry your brother? Brother Imam, yes. And the Imam not realizing his responsibility and the power of his words. He says, yes, sister, I think the brother's a good brother. The power of your words, you have ruined somebody's life. When the Fatima bint Qais came to the Prophet وسلم, and she said, Muawiyah proposed to me and Abu Jahan proposed to me, which one should I marry? The Prophet وسلم, understanding the power of his words and the responsibility of his position as a leader, he said, He said, As for Muawiyah, he's broke, he has no money, don't marry him. He said, As for Abu Jahan, he beats his women, don't marry him either. The son of a slave. Understand the power of your words. Sisters, we do the same thing. Oh my, my you know, I'm interested in this brother. Oh, my husband knows that brother. He's a good brother. And you know the brother been divorced four, five, six, seven times. You know the brother's a domestic abuser, but yet you praise him anyway. So people are not the gauge, Allah is the gauge. That indeed the servant may utter a word, utter a karima, from the pleasure of Allah, and Allah will raise him in Jannah in many degrees because of that one word. And the opposite is the same. That indeed a servant may utter a word, from the things that anger Allah. And it will land him in the hellfire the distance of 70 years. Just one word. Just one word can land an individual in the hellfire the distance of 70 years. Not 70 feet, not 70 cubits, not 70 meters, not 70 kilometers, 70 years for one word. And if this is what your words have the ability to do as it relates to your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then what about its impact on fragile human beings? What about the weight of your words, the power of your words to damage fragile human beings? Brothers and sisters, don't be reckless with your words. Don't let your words own you. Own your words. The scholars, they say, that before the words leave your mouth, you are in control of them. Once the words leave your mouth, they control you. Meaning you do not know how the words you just uttered are gonna come back and hurt you. That is what, what, what they mean by allowing your words to own you. 
you type something and you push return and it goes on the internet. Those words are no longer yours. You cannot say to someone, well, you didn't give me a chance to explain or interpret. People are going to interpret your words as they see the world. And you cannot change everybody's mindset or perception of the words that you utter. They were your words before they left your mouth. Once they leave your mouth, you no longer own them. You can't control the narrative after they leave your mouth. How many sisters are divorced because you had to say that one word, that last word, and you weren't conscious of the fact of how that was going to come back to you. But you didn't care because I need to say what I need to say. I don't bite my tongue for nobody and all this other rhetoric that we spew in that moment. Not realizing how that's going to come back to you. How that's going to come back to your family. How that's going to come back to your children. All because we had to utter that word. We had no discipline, no self-control. How many brothers have watched their ex-wives move on with their lives in a happy manner or happy with someone else because you couldn't control that word? You had to say it. You had to say you're divorced. You had to say it. And as a result of that, now your words control you. Because now you're picking your children up from another man's house. Now you're watching your ex-wife happy with somebody else. The same happiness she used to share with you. Painful. But this is the repercussions of being reckless and irresponsible with our words. Be responsible with your words, brothers and sisters, for upliftment and empowerment. Not to rate people of their energy. As words have an absorbent mechanism with them. It's like putting a straw into someone and then sucking the life right out of them. That's what we do with our words. We suck the lives out of people. We suck the energy out of people. We suck the enthusiasm out of people. How many sisters have gone into a marriage enthusiastic, shining bright like the sun, and after months of being married to this individual, by rating her with his negative words, spewing negativity in her space, she's become less than what she was when she came in. That's not love. Love does not hurt in that way. How we use, how many brothers have had so many ideas, so many aspirations. They wanted to tackle the world. Wallahi, any man could take this world by the reins and dominate this world, given the right woman behind him. Some women steal that from us. Every idea we come up with, ah, oh, no, nah, that's stupid. Oh, no, why are you thinking about doing that? You should be doing this instead of empowering him. Many of, uh, many of our women complain about how weak their men are, and you are the result of the weak man that you got. You broke him down. You, co you, you, you were the co-defendant of his mother, and both of you are charged with the crime of breaking our men. You just carry, just, you pass the torch. How many of us broken men, broken women, broken hearts, broken spirits, broken aspirations because of the words that we use to suck the energy out of one another? Be responsible with your words, brothers and sisters. The Prophet ﷺ was sitting with Anas ibn Malik and another companion. Anas, he said, Anna rajilin qala ya Rasulullah inni la uhibbu fulanin. 
فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أخبرته قال لا قال فأخبره قال فلقيه فقال إني أحبك في الله يا أخي فقال أحبك الذي أحببتني له Anna said that we were sitting with the Prophet وسلم, and a man came and he said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, man walked by and he said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, I love that brother. And the Prophet وسلم, said, Have you ever told him that you loved him? And the man said, No. The Prophet وسلم, said, Go tell him. Go tell him you love him. So the man went to the other guy and he said, I love you for the pleasure of Allah. I love you for the sake of Allah. And the man said, May Allah, through whom, for whom sake you love me, love you. And the Prophet ﷺ told this man to go and inform him that he loved him. Because articulating your feelings to someone in this type of manner can have the power to change their thoughts about you and sometimes change their thoughts about themselves. You can't imagine how many people are walking amongst us, Muslims, how many people are walking amongst us who are confused about whether or not they should love themselves. How many people hustle for validation, looking for permission to love themselves? Hustling for validation. We're in this circle, we do this for this person and they praise us and we feel whole because of the praises of other people. Evaluating our self-worth through other people, the praises of other people. So the Prophet ﷺ told the man that go tell him that you love him. Because in telling him that you love him, indeed, this will have a, a serious impact on the individual. How many people ask permission to love themselves, constantly hustling for others to solidify or validate their own self-worth or their own self-love. And that should be a given. Someone can say, well, why would a person not love themselves? Who could steal that away from you? Sometimes it's the people that are closest to you that steal that away from you. Because we live vicariously through other people. We see another person with zeal and enthusiasm and we don't have it, so we're going to suck the life right out of that person. And then it's on to the next person. And then on to the next person. Abdullah ibn Hisham, he said, Abdullah ibn Hisham, he said that we were walking with the Prophet one day while the Prophet was holding the hand of Umar ibn Khattab grabbing Umar's hand. And Umar turned to the Prophet ﷺ and he said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, indeed I love you more than everyone else with the exception of myself. And the Prophet ﷺ said, لا يا Umar حتى من نفسك. He said, no Umar, your faith will not be complete until you love me more than you love yourself. Imam al-Khattabi explained in this hadith, he said, A man loving himself is natural. Umar's comment to the Prophet ﷺ, I love you more than anyone except myself, that is because loving yourself is natural. No one would naturally give precedence to someone else over themselves. But here we are today, we do that. 
Many of us will go to jail for somebody else. If there is not a sign that shows that you do not love yourself, then there's nothing greater than you going to jail for some rule, some street rule, for some individual who don't give a damn about you. You sitting in jail 10, 15, 20 years, holding up some street code. Nigga had ever sent you a dime, never come visit you, nothing. And then you come right back out, back in the face of that same individual. If there's nothing that shows us the lack of self-love, I don't know what more than that. We validate ourselves through what we wear, how much money. Look at people who are wealthy. People who have money don't walk around with gold chains on, Fendi, Louis belts. They don't walk around with that because when you got money, you don't have to advertise it. But when you don't have money, you got to advertise like you got it. When you got money, you don't have to advertise it because you got it. That's like a person that's married in every circle they're in, they're talking about their marriage. When you're single, you're always talking about marriage. When you're married, you're in a whole other zone. You're in a whole different zone. Marriage is the last thing you want to talk about because you're managing your emotions and everything within that construct. You don't even want to hear about it. Self-love, self-worth. But the Prophet ﷺ told Umar that you will not complete your faith until you love me more than you love yourself. That is because loving yourself is natural. Loving someone else is by way of circumstances or situations that cause you to love those people. And the Prophet ﷺ, what he wanted from Umar was not a natural love because I'm the messenger of Allah. I want you to choose to love me more than you love yourself. Because choosing to love someone has more merit than a natural love. Natural love is something that you can't deny. You can't not love your mother or your father or your sister or your brother. You cannot do that. You cannot stop yourself from loving these people. So that's normal. You get no merit for that. But what you do get merit for is choosing to love someone more than the natural love that you have for yourself. And that's what the Prophet wanted from Umar. Loving someone naturally because he's the messenger of Allah is akin to someone celebrating Mother's or Father's Day one day out of the year to celebrate the fact that you chose to be a parent. Why should we celebrate that? That's your choice. You chose to have children. So now we have to pat you on the back for being a good mother, being a good father? All pun intended. All pun intended for the Mother's Day and the Father's Day celebrators. All pun intended. That's your choice. You chose to have children. And our merit for having children comes from our children being a reflection of the morals and the values and the principles and the religion that we raise them for. That's where we get our merit from. That's where our praises come from. Not because your son sells drugs and he go buy you a bouquet of roses and come in and say, Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Take them roses and take them back where you got them from. How dare you celebrate my motherhood? How dare you desecrate my motherhood? By bringing me some roses, bringing me some flowers one day out of a year because everybody else is celebrating me. So what? And then you buy your way hard on money. I didn't raise you like that. How dare you? That's just my take on it. Somebody can walk away from here and say, he's crazy, I'm celebrating Mother's Day. To you be your way and to me be my way. 
Lakum dinukum waliyadin, because it's not part of the deen of Islam. So to you be your religion and to me be mine. All pun intended. I don't mean it disrespectfully, just putting everything in perspective. Because the more and more we integrate into this society, the more and more we lose part of our religion that we never get back. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud he said there's no person on the face of this earth that the shaitan hates more than me because every time an innovation is created in our religion from the east or from the west when it comes to me I refute it with the sunnah and send it back where it came from and every time an innovation is introduced into our religion we lose a part of the sunnah that we never get back so no I'm not sorry for that I stand on what I believe in I stand on my religion and I will defend them. I don't deal with subliminals. Call my name, you got my attention. But our deen is, is changing, our society is changing. The way that we practice Islam is changing if you're not looking at what's going on around us. But the Prophet wanted to teach Umar that choosing to love me is greater than your natural love for yourself. Choosing to see me as a greater asset to your life than your own is better than you loving yourself naturally because you love yourself. So telling someone that you love them can be a very powerful exchange because you essentially transferring your feelings and your thoughts about this person to them through the power of words. Words can inspire or words can destroy Choose yours wisely. Barakallahu li wa lakum fi al-Qur'an al-Azim wa nafa'ani wa iyyakum bima jaa'a fihi min al-ayati wa dhikri al-hakim aqulu ma tasma'un astaghfirullaha li wa lakum wa li sa'ir al-mu'minin min kulli dhamm fastaghfiruhu innahu huwa al-ghafuru rahim الحمد لله الذي أرسل رسوله بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على دين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك لا إقرارا به وتوحيدا وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله سراجا منيرا أما بعد عائشة رضي الله تعالى عنها ما كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يسرد سردكم ولكن كان يتكلم بكلام بين فصل يحفظه من جلس إليه Aisha عنها, she said that the Prophet وسلم, didn't use to spew words quickly and fastly recklessly without thinking with no thought behind it like you do she said, but rather the Prophet used to speak with a speech, with articulate himself in a slow manner, so much so that anyone sitting with him while he was speaking could memorize his words. Very slow, very choicey in his words, and very articulate. The Prophet said about himself, that my virtue over the rest of the Prophets are found in six things. He said, I've been given the ability to say or to articulate small phrases, concise phrases that convey comprehensive and powerful meanings to the end of that hadith. However, having such a miracle, the Prophet ﷺ was given this miracle. And some of us have that miracle. 
Some of us have a portion or a share of that miracle, and that is al-bayan, the ability to articulate. Some of us articulate ourselves very well, but we do it in a manner that is harmful to other people. Our, sar our sarcasm, our, our words that cut like knives towards one another. If Allah gave you the ability to articulate, then that should be done in a responsible manner. The Prophet ﷺ having this miracle made him conscious of the power that was in his words and responsible for the ways in which he chose to use them. He used his words to empower others, not dismantle or belittle them. On the authority of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud who said, فضحك القوم منه فقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم مما تضحكون قالوا من دقة ساقيه فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم والذي نفسي بيدي لهما أثقل عند الميزان يوم القيامة عند الله سبحانه وتعالى من جبل أحد عبد الله بن مسعود رضي الله تعالى عنه was climbing a tree one day looking for a, a twig to use as a miswak and he had very skinny legs. And so as he's climbing the tree, the wind blew his garment up, and many of the Sahaba could see his skinny legs, and they begin to laugh. And the Prophet ﷺ asked them, مِمَّا تَضْحَكُونَ What are you laughing at? They said, مِنْ دِقَةِ سَاقَيْهِ We're laughing at how thin, how little his legs are. The Prophet ﷺ said, I swear by the one in whose hands my soul is in. Those two little legs will weigh more on the scales in front of Allah on the day of judgment than the mountain of Uhud. He might be small in terms of his body, but his salt, his voice is huge. His voice is huge. And so it's not how heavy you are physically, but how deep you are spiritually. I don't care about how big or how buff you are. How deep are you spiritually? Because you can be all, bra all brawn and no brains. You can be all breasts and all body and no brains. Since we're living in a time where we want to accentuate our breasts, accentuate our bodies, we get overgarments made to accentuate certain parts of the body. MashaAllah, tabarakallah. Can't recite a lick of Quran. MashaAllah, tabarakallah. You bad and bougie, but you don't know no Quran. Nothing bougie about that. Take your behind back to school. Not serious, man. We're so shallow. Shallow. That's all that matters. Ask the person during the sit-down, recite Al-Fatiha for me. Before I marry you, recite Al-Fatiha for me. You've been Muslim how long? You've been Muslim five years. Recite Al-Fatiha for me. You can't recite Al-Fatiha. After five years, level up. Level up spiritually. We're talking about leveling up all in the streets using these colloquial terms, mashallah. I gotta level up, you know, when I leveled up. Nah, level up spiritually. Level up with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because you're leveling up in the wrong way. you leveling up to people that's not gonna judge you. You're leveling up to people who are just as shallow as you are and will accept anything. No standards. But when you're leveling up in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there are certain standards you have to meet. See, we utter these words in convenience because there's no standard to judge us against. No gauge. 
Mashallah, tabarakallah. So we get away with saying things like, I'm 100. I'm just keeping it 100. It ain't nothing about you 100. Zero. Nothing about you 100. We live in a time of duplicity. Where you can be one way this moment and the next way that moment. The generation that I grew up with, you could not be duplicitous. You cannot have two faces, people would call you on it. Today, you can wear your hijab, mashallah, jumrah, and tonight you can take it off and go to the club and nobody will say a thing to you. We've normalized duplicity. And the Prophet said, The person who has two faces will never enter into Jannah. Around the Muslims, you Muslim. Around the Kufar, you a Kafir. MashaAllah, tabarakallah. Around the Muslimas, your companions, all these terms that we use, MashaAllah, tabarakallah. You're such a good Muslima. But around other energy, demonic energy, you act like a demon. But Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, although he was small in size, the depth of his spirituality is what the Prophet ﷺ was looking at. So it's not how heavy you are physically, but how deep and dense you are spiritually. The Prophet ﷺ said, إِنَّهُ لَيَأْتِي الرَّجْلَ الْعَظِيمَ السَّمِينَ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَ وَلَا يَزِنُ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ جُنَاحَ الْبَعُوضَةِ فَقْرَ إِنْ شِئْتُمْ فَلَا نُقِيمُ لَهُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ وَزْنَا The Prophet ﷺ said that indeed a man will come on the day of judgment. Samin, thick, heavy on the day of judgment and he won't weigh the wing of a fly in the sight of Allah. The wing of a gnat, as big and as dense as you are, you don't even weigh the wing of a gnat. Meaning it's not about how big you are physically, but how deep you are spiritually. When Zahir ibn Haram said to the Prophet when he said jokingly, من يشتري مني هذا العبد Who will buy the slave from me? And Zahid said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, that if you mean me, if you mean me, nobody would buy me, O oh, Messenger of Allah, because I'm worthless goods. I'm worthless. And the Prophet said, He said, No to Allah, you are priceless. You're priceless. These are the things that we tell our children to build self-esteem, build self-worth, so they don't have to go out into the world searching for it. They don't have to go into the internet validating their whole persona through likes and dislikes, through tweets and retweets. This is what our society, this is the new currency. You feel wealthy because you got this many followers on Facebook, this many followers on Snapchat, this many followers on Instagram. And that's how we determine our worth. La ilaha illallah. He said, No, to Allah you are priceless. Lama qalat hafsali Safiya, anti ibn ta Yahudiya. Bakat fakala naha nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam inna kila ibn ta nabi, wa inna amma ki nabi, wa inna kila tahta nabi fafima taftahiru ariki. When Hafsa said to Safiya, you are the daughter of a Jew, meaning you're not Arab, you're Jewish. And Safiya started crying, here again, sticking a straw in someone and sucking the energy out of them. This is what words have the power to do. Hafsa, in a fit of jealousy, she said to Safiya, in the kila ibn Yahudiya, you Jewish, you're not even Arab. Suck the life, stuck a straw in her and suck the life out of her. Sophia started crying. 
So what did the Prophet ﷺ do? He used his words to breathe the life right back into her. He said to Safiya that indeed you are the daughter of a Jew. You are the daughter of you the daughter of a prophet. You are the daughter of a prophet, meaning Prophet Musa. He said, and your uncle was a prophet. And you're married to a prophet. So what does anyone have that they can brag about that is greater than that? Words. Breathe life into people. He said, what does anyone have that is greater than that? That they can brag about. When the companion Sa'ad al-Sulmi, he said, Ya Rasulullah, ad-damamati tamna'uni min dukhul al-jannah. Wa fi riwayatin qala, as-suwadi yamna'uni min dukhul al-jannah. When Sa'ad al-Sulmi, he said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Messenger of Allah, wa ma ugliness stop me from getting into jannah. In another narration, he said, O Messenger of Allah, will my blackness stop me from getting into Jannah? This is a reflection of how his society or the society that he lived in viewed people of his hue. He said, will my ugliness stop me from getting into Jannah? Or my blackness will stop me from getting into Jannah? And the Prophet وسلم, he said, you have not feared your Lord, nor have you believed in your messenger. So the man said, He said, but I bore witness that nothing has the right to be worshipped except Allah and that Muhammad is his messenger. And the Prophet ﷺ said, So because you did that, then you should believe that you should enter into Jannah. So the man said to the Messenger of Allah, because I took shahada for Mali, so what, what, what do I have? The Prophet said, He said, for you is the same thing for anybody else who utters their statement, La ilaha illallah. For you is Jannah. Why would you doubt that? Because of the color of your skin, because of your culture and where you come from. And the examples, brothers and sisters, go on and on and on. Think about how powerful these exchanges are and how dangerous it could be if used in the wrong way. If used in the wrong way or used in the right way for the wrong reasons. Because sometimes we praise people believing that we are instilling self-worth and self-love in them and we're actually creating a monster. A narcissistic, arrogant monster. These are the type of children that we are creating in our homes because we give them false praises for things that they don't need to be praised for. Things that should be a given. But how many broken boys, girls, hearts, men, women are walking amongst us because of the irresponsibility of someone else's words? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in ending brothers and sisters, He says, أَلَمْ have we not made for him two eyes and a tongue and two lips and we have guided him or shown him the difference between the two paths? Allah is drawing our attention to the blessing of the tongue and the subsequent accountability attached to it like every other blessing that we have. The Prophet the Prophet ﷺ, he said that your faith, 
will never become stable until your heart is stable. And your heart will never be stable until you learn how to discipline your tongue. He said, and none will enter into Jannah until his neighbor feels safe from his garbage, from his baggage, from his trash. And if this is your next door neighbor that should feel safe from your harm, whatever you got going on inside of you, your neighbor should feel safe from that, then so should the people that live in the same home with you, who share the same bed with you, who are raised underneath your auspices. They should feel safe and comfortable, meaning our garbage, our baggage should be restricted to us, should not trickle over into other people. We should not be married to people and then have to help them manage and sort through issues that they have been going through all their lives that they have never taken the time out to deal with on their own. That's not my journey, that's your journey. Not my journey, your journey. The insecurities, the irresponsibilities, the only way that we can make that a, a dual journey is if you ask my permission to take that journey with you. And now I have a choice to say yay or nay. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he was sitting with Hafsa, sitting with Aisha, and one day she said, Ya Rasulullah, in this hasbuka min Safiya kada wa kada. He said, your wife, your other wife, Safiya, she's like this, and she motioned with her hands to show she was short and chunky. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Oh Aisha, lo muzijat kawluki, or lo muzijat kawluki bima'il bahar. If your statement, the comment that you just made, was mixed with the water in the ocean, it would corrupt and impurify all of the water in the ocean. That's how dangerous words can be. And Aisha didn't even say anything. She motioned with her hand that she's chunky and short. He said that if I was to take what you just said, and I was to mix your words with the water in the ocean, it would corrupt all of the water in the ocean. Brothers and sisters, so if one word could corrupt the water in the ocean, what about the hundreds of words that we spew in heated arguments with one another? If that one word could corrupt all of the water in the ocean, what about the hundreds of words that we shout at one another, that we spew with, to one another in a heated argument, in text messages, words that although you will be forgiven for, people will never forgive, forget that you did that to them. People will never forget the words that you've uttered to them. The wounds heal, but the scars are still there. And many of us on our bodies, we bear scars of people who were reckless and irresponsible with their words throughout our entire lives. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can bring creation into existence with one word, if Allah can bring Jesus into existence with one word, if Allah can bring Adam into existence with one word, then brothers and sisters, let's speak strong men, strong women, strong marriages, strong communities into existence with one word. Turn someone's dream into a reality, someone's doubt into surety, someone's depression into fulfillment, and someone's sadnesses and thoughts of death into thoughts of life by one word. Even giving a kind word is a sadaqah in Islam. To say to someone, mashallah, you look nice today. To say to someone, mashallah, say something nice is considered a sadaqah. That's how powerful words are in our religion. You don't have any money to give any sadaqah, but you can give sadaqah with words. 
And we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us to mature with our words and use them in a positive way. We pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us for the countless scars and pain that we have caused to other people because of the recklessness and irresponsibility of our words. We pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us for our shortcomings. Ramadan is an excellent time as it's coming in. Ramadan is an excellent time to learn how to discipline your tongue. Ramadan is an excellent way to learn how to give up some of the bad habits that we have with our tongue, like backbiting, like gossiping, like talking about people unnecessarily. Like talking frivolously and using our tongues in a manner that would please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And before we conclude, we just want to remind everyone, number one, of the event that is coming up. Um, and this is on June 4th. That's two Sundays from now. Not next Sunday, the Sunday afterwards. And this is the future of Muslims in America with myself as well as the very articulate Aisha Prime. And this is a free event, inshallah ta'ala, that will be here uh, at the Philadelphia Masjid. And this will be from 6 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. And there will be an iftar afterwards, inshallah ta'ala. Please spread the word. They have flyers outside, inshallah ta'ala. You can take and pass them around. Um, and also the Philadelphia Masjid is offering 30 days of free suhoor and iftar. Free suhoor in the morning if you get here before Salatul Fajr, they have suhoor here. You will be able to eat here inshallah ta'ala, suhoor, pray Salatul Fajr and begin your day. And you will also be able to come and attend lectures here and break your fast with the believers here inshallah ta'ala. And that is for the whole month of Ramadan bi'idhnillahi ta'ala. And lastly, uh, the Philadelphia Masjid is offering a pre-Ramadan community brunch. This is for the whole community and feast before the fast. And this is, inshallah ta'ala, the Sunday, May 21st. That is the day after tomorrow, 10 o'clock a.m. to 3 p.m. And this is uh, free and it's sponsored by H-E-A-V-Y, heavy. Um, and those are the, the acronyms. Um, inshallah ta'ala, these are free events come out share in these events, be in the presence of believers, be in positive energy. This is one of the things that help to destroy our spirit is being around negative energy. We are surrounded by energy. People bring energy. Environments bring energy. Surround yourself by positive energy. Negative energy attracts the jinn and the shayateen just like blood does to sharks. So if you are tired of being in a negative space, always feeling like this or feeling confused, feeling upset, feeling like you can't get your emotions, be in the presence of positive energy, spiritual positive energy. And don't forget to give sadaqah on your way out.